0: Welcome back to The Last Symptom. I'm Brian Barnett, the creator and host of The Last Symptom. As always, I'm so glad to have you here with me. And uh, I hope you've been having a really nice week. We've got some good things to talk about today. The primary discussion we'll be having is about how love is the answer, but not in the way that you think. Also, uh, I wanted to talk to you folks about some structural changes I'm making to The Last Symptom. But before we get into all that, let me tell you about thelastsymptom.com That's my website, full free resources, and there are a couple of paid services too. For example, uh, you can schedule one-on-one phone conversations with me, and you can schedule one-on-one Zoom meetings with me. But most importantly, is The Last Symptom Fundamentals Pre-Recorded Online Course. That's an intensive course meant to help you form a solid foundation of insights to authentically rid yourself of emotional disorder, such as borderline personality disorder. If you're interested in that, please run over to thelastsymptom.com. Look in the paid services tab and you'll see it there. There's even, a I think it's a 20-minute preview video that you can uh, that you can watch now let's talk about some of these structural changes that I'm wanting to make I have created a The Last Symptom community on a platform called Locals if you want to investigate it it's locals.com so I have created this community on the Locals platform and you can find it by going to the last symptom dot locals that's spelled l-o-c-a-l-s dot com or you can simply download the, the really slick looking locals app for your phone and then within the locals app you just search the last symptom and there's my community uh the way that the locals platform works is that you pay uh eight dollars I think is the bottom tier you pay eight dollars a month and for $8 you get 70 what they call coins so you get 70 coins for an $8 per month subscription with those 70 coins you can then go around the locals platform subscribing to as many groups or as many communities as falls within that budget the last symptom community is set at 20 coins currently that's as low as they would let me make it that comes out to two dollars per month now i think it's very 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 important to tell you that you don't have to subscribe at all (laughs) that's right you don't have to subscribe at all subscribing gives you the ability to create your own posts to comment on posts uh, and to view infrequent exclusive content but to just be a member and to uh, have access to most of the information there and the conversations and to read the conversations and to see the videos and listen to the podcasts and stuff there on the Locals platform, it doesn't cost you anything. You, you don't have to subscribe at all. Subscribing makes you, you know, the $8 a month subscription makes you a supporter. And if you're a supporter, well, then you have certain benefits such as being able to create your own posts within the community and and those sorts of things but I just want to emphasize that you don't have to pay anything at all so here's what I got to say about this all of my, you know, up until now I've really pushed the Facebook education group I've been doing that for years and, uh, you know, up to about 6,000 members there and, you know, the reality is that only the smallest fraction of those 6000 members actually post anything or participate within the conversation threads so you know for for that what that means is that for like 5550 people joining the last symptom community on the locals platform is not going to be any different because, you know, they're just lurkers. They're quiet lurkers, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I feel no negative thing whatsoever about anybody who just wants to uh, observe and not participate. The important thing is that a person get the information, right? So, like I say, for about 5,550 people, the experience in the locals' community, the, the last symptom locals' community, is not going to be that much different than if you're in on the Facebook group you know if you're just there to uh, to be an observer and read and you know consume the content but I do want to make the announcement that all new last symptom conversations and content will begin to be prioritized to appear at the last symptom locals community before it appears on Facebook moving forward um, and the reason for this is I, I really don't believe that there is any going back to the way social media used to work. Now, I say used to, I understand that it's still working, you know, it's still working, uh, but I think the damage has been done. The abuses of the tech giants have just been gradually getting worse over the last few years, and uh, these tech giants have simply broken the trust of too many people and with such disregard for their users too I'd been wanting to get away from Facebook for a while but it has formed an important part of my work that being said I think right now we're seeing a a major shift and it's a a fast moving shift and I want to get the last I want to take advantage of it and I want to get the last symptom positioned to be uh, in a good place where it can build up a sustainable long-term following and be around for a long time I can't any longer keep seriously considering Facebook a wise place to continue investing my primary energy focus and time not if I hope to see the last symptom continue to grow without threat or risk of, of ever being unfairly targeted and shut down. I want to continue building a sustainable following uh, in a quality environment and see people continuing to benefit from the last symptom long term. And of course what I'm talking about here is not the podcast, I'm talking about the, uh, the community, the online community that I invest my time and energy in. There was a time When I would have never, and I mean never, have considered using any social media platform that involved any investment of my money whatsoever. However, the situation has gotten to a point where those who get to enjoy the greatest online experience and have access to the greatest conversations will be those who are willing to leave the old system of social media behind I'm not a fortune teller but I don't have to be to know this anybody looking at the situation honestly should know this the future's going to look like this those who have left the old model behind and have embraced platforms such as uh, the last symptom locals community will be enjoying a premium experience for you know very little with a much cleaner superior user experience never having to deal with ads and never having to tolerate obsessive intrusive censorship or privacy violations by the platforms themselves so the old social media model that works by farming your sensitive information spying on your behaviors and habits Uh, and abusing and totally disregarding its members like Facebook will be the ghetto of the online world. There will still be plenty of members using the free services out there like Facebook, uh, you know, this, this ghetto landscape. It just won't be attractive to very many discerning people. Also the The conversations and information found uh, on those platforms will not really be of a very high quality. Right now, you're finding the real good content in places where you're willing to spend a a really modest amount per month. And um, that's that's just going to continue to grow that way. You know, think about it like a move from uh, terrestrial radio to satellite radio you know, a great improvement and enough people are willing to pay a small price I, I myself do <laughs> uh, I, I pay I think uh, two dollars or three dollars uh, per month for my serious radio in my truck it's just a superior service and uh, I think most people if they're able are willing and uh, reasonable enough in that you know they 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 would prefer quality over something that is free and invasive and abusive so I'm placing my bets on the locals platform and other services like it and I'm choosing quality and long-term reliability for the direction uh, that I'm going to bank on for the last symptom I will continue hosting the Facebook groups and be an active there for as long as I have to in the interest of those who are reluctant to give up the old and familiar but at the same time Facebook moving forward is going to be a secondary focus for me not my primary focus so those of you who are getting in early on the new the last symptom community on the locals platform I think will be making a, a really great decision you'll be my primary social media focus moving forward and you're gonna receive the better experience back to you know the convoluted way it works you you don't have to be a subscriber you don't have to pay anything to access uh, the vast majority of the content but if you want to support the last symptom if you want to see premier content every once in a while that uh, that may be for subscribers only if you want to participate you know actually participate in conversations create your own posts and those sorts of things then you can become a subscriber at any time and you can cancel it at any time but by doing that I think the lowest tier for eight dollars gives you seventy coins you need twenty coins to be a supporter of the last symptom locals community that means that you can go and search other groups other premier groups within locals and you can have several subscriptions there going at a time it's you know it's just however you choose to divvy up your 70 coins that you get with a subscription by, by being a supporter. I just want to reemphasize that on the Facebook groups I have about 6,000 members or you know the last symptom has about 6,000 members for the vast majority of those people uh, they choose to lurk and again, that term seems to have a negative connotation, but I don't see anything negative at all about those who simply want to observe conversations rather than participate in them. So for the vast majority of you, that means the experience at the Last Symptom community on the Locals platform will not change at all, except that it'll just be better. It's just far better. <laughs> it's, it costs absolutely nothing to join the Last Symptom Locals group and be a lurker. You get to see most everything, read most everything, and nobody, again, is under any obligation whatsoever to be financial supporters. Those who do choose to be financial supporters can do so for a really reasonable amount. It's $7.99 per month. And, you know, I spend that on lunch. Honestly, I can go and spend that much on lunch at McDonald's so for that cost uh you get total access to do you know and and all the benefits uh per month in addition to be able being able to subscribe to other premier content other premier communities so it's kind of like if you think about it it's kind of like the netflix of of online communities um well, actually, it's, it's probably better than that. It's probably Disney Plus. You know, you're getting premier content. <laughs> prime, prime, baby, prime content. Um, and then once you're subscribed to the service, well, then you've got access to many different groups. The last symptom, of course, being the most important one. <laughs> but I might be uh, biased there. The Locals app is clean. It's fresh. It's user-friendly it's uncluttered and it's stable and it has an app so why don't you find locals L-O-C-A-L-S find the locals app for your phone download it and just give it a try what can that hurt find the last symptom community get a feel for it you'll see the content that I've already started putting on there the last symptom locals community is currently at about 50 members now here's the beauty of this once the last symptom community reaches 100 members the locals platform then extends additional resources to me to help continue encouraging the community's growth so for example right now I'm kinda limited as to how many videos I can upload directly to the site I'm limited uh, as to how many podcasts and their length that I can uh, upload directly to the site. But once I reach uh, 100 members, uh, then more privileges get extended to me. More resources open up to me. So that's just something to think about. If you'd like to help me out, uh, please do by downloading the Locals app, or you can just visit it on your browser, thelastsymptom.locals.com. Or again, download the app, and then just look for the last symptom, the the last symptom community. Okay, a lot of talk about that. Um, also, I have changed my email. It's all on thelastsymptom.com website, but my new email is Brian Barnett at thelastsymptom.com. That's pretty easy, ain't it? Uh, I'm not even going to tell you what the old one was because I don't want to confuse you. But if you've ever emailed me before and you have me in your address book, you want to make that change. Brian Barnett at thelastsymptom.com. Another change I've made here recently is that I will no longer be using WhatsApp for international communication. Instead, I have gone to using uh, an app called Signal, which, again, in my opinion, is far superior to WhatsApp, entirely free does everything that whatsapp does only better so the name of that app again is called signal s-i-g-n-a-l uh... try that i think you're gonna love that that app and for now that's all the announcements i have let's get into this discussion today about love being the answer but not in the way that you think so the world will tell you that for everything Love is the answer. You hear it in songs, you see it on cards, you see it on shirts, you hear people saying it all the time. And the world is correct. Love is the answer. But the world gets the subtlety of the reasons for this truth entirely wrong. You know, it seems very popular to say that for every problem, if you simply throw enough love at somebody, this will cure the problem. And what does it mean if you've thrown a bunch of love at somebody and the problem isn't solved? Well clearly you didn't throw enough love at them. So more love is needed. But the problems persist. And you simply need to keep churning out more and more love because that's the answer, right? Thinking such as this is based partly on gooey, feel-good naivety and ignorance. It happens because of the human tendency to believe that if an idea makes us feel good, then it has to be true. It just has to be. People particularly prone to forming conclusions about reality based on what they feel are artists and creative types so uh, actors, writers musicians, performers poets, painters, sculptors and so on all fit into this category and this is not the exhaustive list and by the way when I'm talking about writers I'm not just talking about fiction writers journalists fit into this category people who form conclusions about reality based on what they feel John Lennon fits into this category now you you may call him a dreamer (laughs) but uh... with all respect I call him a naive fool in a lot of ways Uh, just a couple weeks ago I went on this John Lennon bender and I was just watching interview after interview with him on YouTube and uh, that's what I that was the conclusion I came to boy in a lot of ways, he's a naive fool. He's a musical genius, but he's a naive fool. Going around scattering love into the air is not enough. You know, if, if you're somebody with an emotional disorder, all the love in the world is it going to cure you of your emotional disorder. Not external love. In this episode of, of today's show, I'm going to explain why scattering love around is not enough. It's not a coincidence that uh, emotional disorders run so rampant among sensitive types of individuals. Now, while your sensitivity is absolutely not to blame for your emotional disorder, in other words, being sensitive isn't something people aren't supposed to be. You might want to write that down. Being sensitive isn't something people aren't supposed to be. And having a sensitive personality doesn't suddenly mean that your parents' emotional abuse wasn't abuse or that their abuse was somehow less unacceptable. So your sensitivity is absolutely not to blame for your emotional disorder but it can make it difficult to rid yourself of an emotional disorder and because sensitive people use their feelings so much uh, inappropriately in their everyday approach to life it can be easy it can be a tendency of theirs to in many situations use their feelings inappropriately Creative types use their feelings to create realities in their minds. I did this myself for years, and I still sometimes do it when I've got the time and the hankering, uh, as a newspaper cartoonist. I was a newspaper cartoonist for many years. I was aware that uh, the world within the comic strip was fiction, but to make other people fall in love with it, those characters and places had to exist within me for real. And despite the work being fiction... The comfort I got from visiting those places and characters and spending time with them was not fiction at all. In other words, the experience I was having was as real as the ground you're standing on. Emotional disorder, which is what uh, borderline personality disorder is, incidentally, heavily involves an improper perspective of feelings. When you have an improper perspective of a thing, a naturally occurring result is that you will use that thing improperly. You know, think about if I uh, live with the perspective, for example, that the primary use for hammers is to dig holes. Well, then you get a sense of what I'm talking about. A naturally occurring result of my improper perspective toward hammers means that I will use hammers inappropriately. That is to say, I will use them in ways for which they were never intended. Well, folks with emotional disorders live with improper attitudes and perspectives about feelings. And so they don't naturally keep or put feelings in their rightful place when it comes to their approach toward life and their understanding of it. In other words, the legitimate purpose for our feelings is how unhealthy people fail to use them. And for purposes that feelings do not legitimately exist, is how unhealthy people do use them. For example, feelings are not what we as human beings appropriately Consult to understand if gravity is a real thing or not. Do you know that it doesn't matter one iota how we feel about gravity? What we feel has absolutely no bearing whatsoever on whether gravity simply does exist or not, what its true nature is, and things of these sorts. But unhealthy people, they don't live this way. They base entire narratives about reality based purely on what they feel. In fact, what they feel will drown out their analytical and rational thought. So, the literally, their thoughts may be saying uh, protesting or... Uh, ...trying to create a a counter-argument, but their feelings will win out. No, I feel that that's, that's the way my feelings would like reality to be, so that's the way reality is. On the other hand, feelings are what we as human beings appropriately rely upon... ...to alert us to explore a thing further using our analytical thought... You see, we then can mindfully come to decisions and take action. Unhealthy people also don't live this way. Instead of using their feelings as an advisor, which alerts them to analytically examine situations for themselves in a mindful way, and come to their own decisions about how to handle these situations, you know, thereby maintaining full control over their decisions and actions... They instead allow their feelings this authority and control over them. Anger flares up and tells them to punch something, and so they do. Gloom flares up within them and tells them that life is pointless, and they believe it. Their feelings, rather than they themselves, are in control and steering that bus. So when unhealthy people parrot the expression, love is the answer, they don't naturally or healthfully comprehend the reasons why. They erroneously imagine that it is the giving of love which is the solution to everything. Again, if the problem doesn't improve, it must mean that not enough love is being churned out. The problem with this sort of erroneous premise can be illustrated by the story of Christopher Johnson McCandless. Have, have you ever heard of him? The life of Chris McCandless was told in the nonfiction book Into the Wild, which was later made into a full-length feature film directed by Sean Penn. Chris McCandless had this romantic notion of hiking into the Alaskan backcountry and simply surviving off the land. Doesn't that sound great? At some point, McCandless ended up finding an abandoned bus out there in the Alaskan wilderness and he used it as his shelter for a while. But eventually, hunters come across his decomposing corpse. He weighed only 67 pounds when they discovered him and his official cause of death was ruled as starvation. Now here's the part that I found most interesting and that stuck with me years ago when I was researching all this. At the time it was speculated that the real reason McCandless died was not for lack of being able to find anything to eat. Instead he may have eaten certain types of wild seeds containing something called swainsonine. Swainsonine, I think that's how it's pronounced. Swainsonine inhibits a person's metabolism. What this means is that if you were poisoned by these seeds, you could starve despite ample caloric intake. Get that? You could eat and eat and eat, but as long as you had been poisoned by seeds that turn off your body's ability to metabolize the food, what good would it do you? Your ability to absorb the food in a way that your body needs is being blocked. Well, people with emotional disorders are like somebody who has ingested these poisonous wild seeds. It's not for a lack of having people love them that is their problem. No. The problem is their inability to receive it and take it in. You can throw love at a person with an emotional disorder all day and all night long. It will never matter. The problem isn't a lack of access to love. The problem isn't them feeling unloved. The problem is them feeling that they themselves are unlovable. Did you catch the nuance? Not unloved, but unlovable. That means incapable of being loved. Now, do you see that as long as a person believes this about himself or herself, it don't matter how much love you extend them, they're unable to accept it, receive it, believe it, absorb it, and be affected by it in any positive way. You see, what it really comes down to is that they are unable to love themselves. And until this changes, nothing else matters. Not all the gooey feel-good songs and hugs and greeting cards and compassion in the universe will make any difference whatsoever. John Lennon seemed to believe that if you just extend love to everybody, that wars would disappear, unicorns would begin flying around everywhere and All sorts of magical things would happen. But people aren't committing atrocities around the world and acting out of hopelessness, hate, and anger because they feel unloved. No, these unfortunate things exist because so many people feel unlovable, devoid of inherent value. I remember everybody speculating about the motives for the Las Vegas shooter, not too awful long ago. Now that guy left no explanation behind about what on earth would possess him to smash out the windows of his hotel and indiscriminately fire a machine gun down on the crowds below. And I listened to expert after expert debated, but it was pretty clear to me all along. The man viewed himself as devoid of inherent value. Other ways of saying this which mean the same thing are... He viewed himself as a piece of shit. He viewed himself as unlovable. He viewed himself as empty and everything as pointless. He perceived himself as inherently shameful. What are the only... Things, perspectives like this towards oneself motivate us as human beings to do do they encourage us to act in great selfless wonderful ways or do these incredibly unhealthy perspectives instead eat away at us and encourage us to resign ourselves to be angry to begin to despise life and the other people in it to begin viewing them as actively being against us. To lash out at the great injustices that life has dealt us. I think the answer is as clear as day to anybody genuinely wanting to see it. I could talk for so much longer about Chris McCandless, but for now, I'll only highlight a couple of things that uh, I learned from his life. First of all, was it enough that McCandless's feelings told him it was a great idea to go to Alaska and try to live off the land by himself? Well, you see how that turned out. No, allowing our feelings to determine reality for us and to make decisions for us is not the appropriate use of feelings. When McCandless began feeling the romantic notion of living off the land alone in Alaska, and, you know, he was probably hearing music in his head when he was thinking these things, it seems his feelings created a false reality. In other words, if McCandless was feeling that these notions were beautiful and appealing, then they must be. But what was the real reality? the real reality was that life out there was going to be hard grueling uncomfortable difficult dangerous often ugly and miserable and fatal if not proper if not properly prepared and equipped this was not something that just anybody could do successfully you know mother nature wasn't going to just simply open up and lovingly provide for McCandless just because he felt such wonderful things about nature. McCandless it seems used his feelings inappropriately and with inappropriate emphasis. He did not balance out the scales with analytical honest thought. It is analytical honest thought that we, as human beings, appropriately use to determine realities, not our feelings. It, it doesn't matter how we feel about realities with regard to whether those realities simply are true or not. Also, the possibility that McCandless died of starvation, not because of a lack of consuming calories, but because his body couldn't absorb the calories he was consuming. Throwing love at people is not the answer. The answer is helping people love themselves. Helping them see the ways that they perceive themselves as unlovable. Helping them understand how this come to be. All the reasons that it is patently false and how to correct these underlying false perceptions and beliefs. Hopefully by now, long-term listeners know that this, that my work with the last symptom revolves around helping people do precisely this. And for those of you who are listening for the first time, I hope uh, that that you walk away from this episode of the podcast knowing about the last symptom and uh, knowing what its intentions are and what it might be able to help you do as well. My friends, thank you so much for being here and for listening this week. Do something nice for yourselves this week. Be patient, compassionate with yourselves, but not permissive. Find that teeter-totter balance. that seesaw and balance somewhere right in the middle the sweet spot I'm gonna get off here and have some supper and uh, plunk around on the guitar a little bit and I'll see you folks uh, next week same place same time Good night. (music)